Are we recording right now? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am, is, are turned on by it. Hartzlerhowski? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my god, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any given moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello. You're listening to the Tell Us More podcast. Fuck, what exactly did he say? Felix said, oh, because he was talking about the microphone and how you have to adjust it for like each person. And so he adjusted it for this girl and then she readjusted it. And he goes, yeah, I mean, if I don't get it there, just put it in the right spot. And <laughs> Vanessa and I just started dying laughing. Dirty. And he was like, to the point that we were like in incoherent. Like we were like crying laughing. And he goes, apparently my judges think that's funny. And I was like, I'm sorry, you just said, if I don't get it there, just put it in the right spot. <laughs> so like, that's not your fault. Right. It's just funny. Because mm -hmm. we're 14. I really am. So, happy St. Patrick's Day. It's while we're recording this. Did you know? No. That this is the one year anniversary of us doing our podcast? We started our podcast on St. Patrick's Day? It was around St. Patrick's Day. It was uh, you. It was the day after Lucky Palooza, I believe, because you got hit in the head, and we talked about how you got hit oh in the head. God. And I think we might Oh, have my our, God. Yeah. I know that we recorded the day after. Yeah, we definitely did. That's 100% accurate yes. because I did get – and yesterday I even said, remember when I got yeah. hit in the head with a hockey puck? And I was going to I was gonna say that because, yeah, okay, so our intro – yes, the intro we posted April 24th. Mm -hmm. Ep the trailer was April 24th. Our first episode was April 25th. Yeah. We've been doing this for a year. That's that crazy. Year? We also evolved. Yes. The podcast. Oh my god, yes. Let's reflect. Yes, let's reflect. On uh, uh, coming up on our one Remember year when podcast. we used to have people and then we were like, fuck the people? Let's yeah. just have Because <laughs> we never let them talk anyway. We never let them talk anyway. We started conceptualizing a podcast in like October 2018, October, November 2018, because that's when we were like I mean, that's when we became friends. We're yeah. we friends for like five minutes, and then we were like, literally. we should have a podcast. Yes, we, literally, yes. No, that is how it happened. That's literally, because we would snap each other every day, and we'd be like, we're so funny when we talk. We should do... We're so funny. We should do something with this. We should have a podcast. Like, we literally decided that off the bat. Yeah. That we were going to have a podcast. Ooh. Yeah, we did that. I feel like we didn't start, like, boogieing on it until, like, January. Yeah, no, we definitely didn't. We and did then we didn't post it till April. No, we didn't. But we still did it. We, like, decorated the basement and shit. We don't even record no, down there anymore. We never <laughs> use the basement. We never use the basement. Because no matter how much furniture you put in that fucking basement, there's always an echo. Yeah. I think our sound has really improved. Yes. Our sound, our quality has improved. I, I still like love that first episode. Oh, my God, yeah. It's my favorite. Me, too. Especially because every time I plug the intro in when we're editing, like, I, the intro is all from the first episode, yes. essentially. And so every time I hear, like, the, it kind of, or what is it, it kind of turns me on or something, and I go, Hartzlerhowski? Yeah! And you go, yeah! yeah. <laughs> that makes Aww. me laugh. And then I, like, uh, I thought you could just bleed suddenly at any given moment. <laughs> and also, my, what is it, my fan fiction isn't fucking interesting, interesting enough, enough for you. My erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Yeah. It's a good episode. I'm excited for the evolution of our podcast to continue to grow. What we're going to do is our last episode is going to be the last Tuesday in May, and then we'll pick it up again, what, like the first Tuesday in September? Yeah, I figure. Yeah. Give us the summer. June, July, August. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll have, we're, we're uh, conceptualizing another fun project for the summer. 
because uh, we don't want to leave your taste buds dry. Right. We would never leave you. Never want to Also, leave you can you. always follow us on all of our social medias, and then we really never will yeah, leave you. Never leave you. It's Tell Us More Podcast on Instagram. Also, this is season two, two, episode 22. I swear to God, in a parallel universe, we already did episode 22. Like, I must have labeled an episode wrong when I saved it really? or something. Oh. But um, I, no, I'm saying it was 20. probably in a parallel universe. Yeah, a parallel universe. I switch Hannah back and forth sometimes. Yeah. It is season two, episode 22. Hannah, what do you got for me? Oh, because it's even. I get to go first. I literally was sitting here as you were saying that, just staring at you, and I was like, what? Why? Why am I Why are you talking to me directly? Okay, so I googled interesting people of history that no one's ever heard of. Yes. It was a good Google. I really liked it. So, one of the first people that I saw, I'm going to refer to her as Nellie. Like, in the beginning, I referred to her by her birth name, but I realized as I was rereading through this that I then refer to her as her pseudonym later. So, what she, her pseudonym down the road is Nellie Bly. I've heard of this person. Really? Yes. Oh my god, I never heard of her. I don't know what she's about, I hope but I tell I've heard you the name. all the things. I have no idea what the things are, but I've heard the name. It's pretty cool. So she was born Elizabeth Jane Cochran in what's now part of the Pittsburgh suburb rural township in Pennsylvania. Elizabeth's father was married twice, having ten children with his first wife, mm-hmm. and then five more children, including Elizabeth, with his second wife, okay. Mary Jane. As a teenager, Elizabeth attended boarding school, but after only a year had to drop out due to her father's death and subsequent lack of funds. In eighteen, 18- all those kids. All right. I know. Fuck it. Who has 15 children? Uh, fucking men Duggers. with dicks. Uh, well, also men. I just realized, I think I might have heard of her on Drunk History, and then that led me to the conclusion of we are the sober version of Drunk History. We're not always sober. Yeah. Sometimes we're still drunk from the night before. We make about as much sense as the people oh, yeah. on Drunk yeah, History. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We could do a drunk episode in season three where we just genuinely oh, are yeah. drunk. Let's do that. I don't know if that would be funny in a podcast or in a video. We'll work it out. Anyways, so we were talking about how her dad has a fuckload of kids. In 1880, Elizabeth's mother moved the family to Pittsburgh, where a local newspaper ran a column entitled, What Girls Are Good For? The article reported that they were mainly for birthing children and keeping the house clean. Okay. Who wrote this? I just have some questions. Uh, a local newspaper. Okay. <laughs> I think it's called, uh, I might mention it later. No, nope, I think I definitely just left it out. She's gonna explode. It's okay. This prompted Elizabeth to write back under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. And the editor was so impressed. Yeah, I know. I left that in because I was like, Lonely boy. So gossip girl. XOXO. XOXO. Lonely Orphan Girl. Um, XOXO. Lonely Orphan Girl. Um, title. Episode title. My fucking foot fell asleep and now I can't stop laughing. And also, I feel like I have to pee. The editor was so impressed with her passion and ran an advertisement asking the author to identify herself. When Elizabeth came forward with her true identity, he offered her the opportunity to write her own piece for the newspaper. Her first article was called The Girl Puzzle, where she discussed how divorce affected women, and she argued for reform of divorce laws. I don't know why I just stuttered on the word reform. 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 (laughs) Of divorce laws. Um, Again, the editor was impressed by Elizabeth and offered her a full-time job. It was customary for women who wrote for the newspapers at the time to use pen names, and the editor chose Nellie Bly after a title character in a popular song at the time. I thought it was weird she didn't get to choose her own pen name. Maybe she wanted to go by Lonely Orphan Girl forever. Yeah, clearly. That's what she chose. Damn it. Um, so now I just refer to her as Nellie Bly for the rest of the 
Story. Where did that come? So somebody gave her the nickname Nellie. The Butter. editor gave her the nickname Nellie, or gave her the pseudonym. So that's the pen name that she uses. Oh, it's a pseudonym. And, yeah. So okay. instead of using her real um, name in the articles, apparently at the time most women who wrote for the newspapers used pen names. Yeah, because they didn't take women seriously. They had to sound like men. Exactly. And Nellie Bly was a title character in a popular song. Oh, so. okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Bly's early work focused on the lives of working women writing a series of investigative articles on women factory workers. However, the newspaper soon began receiving complaints from factory workers about her writing, and she was reassigned to the women's pages to cover fashion, society, and gardening, which were the usual role for women's journalists. Nellie immediately became Nelly immediately became dissatisfied and decided to travel to Mexico to work as a foreign correspondent. Yeah, me too. Yeah, right. At only 21, she was determined... And this is a quote, to do something that no girl had ever done before. After spending nearly six months reporting on the lives and customs of the Mexican people, her work was later published into a book called Six Months in Mexico. In one part of her book, she protested the imprisonment of a local journalist for questioning the Mexican government, which was then under a dictatorship. And when the Mexican authorities learned of Bly's book, they threatened her with arrest herself, which prompted her to flee the country. She's 21. And she had to flee the country because she wrote an article. Saying that they shouldn't have arrested a journalist who was criticizing the dictatorship. It's, I wonder what it's like. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not experiencing no, it at all. Not at all. Put back again in the theater and arts reporting section, Bly left Pittsburgh for New York City in 1887. After four months, she was penniless, but managed to talk her way into Joseph Pulitzer's New York World. Just like one of the okay. biggest newspapers. How does one just talk? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I was like, yeah. can't really find any other information on how she did that. Yeah, I would like to know the, the, the technique. Good for her. Uh, just casually walking on to hello. Pulitzer's <laughs> newspaper. May I come in and have a job? Hi, I don't have any money, but I'm a great writer. Let me work. Here's my... Resume. Here's my resume. Here's my resume. It's eighteen eighty seven. Is that what they sound like in New York? What's a New York eighteen eighty seven accent? <laughs> They're all yeah, pirates. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Let me on your newspaper. Let see, little, listen, little chickadee. Yeah. <laughs> the journal, investigative journalist was a poor girl. I don't care if this is accurate. That's just funny. I don't think. I have no idea. Who are you? Like. I know who you are, lonely orphan girl. <laughs> so oh, lonely orphan girl. Um. So she did that. Walked up in there. I'm sure everything that just you just said is what happened at Joseph Pulitzer's New York World. So once she was at that newspaper she took on an undercover assignment and in this assignment she agreed to fake insanity in order to investigate reports of brutality and hey, neglect at the women's lunatic lunatic asylum wasn't that didn't they base Shh. okay yep so <laughs> i have like a bunch of fun facts at the okay end, go, but go, yes. go, 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 go. um so first she checked herself into a boarding house called the temporary home for females which i was like this just sounds terrible it like, sounds like it's not gonna be temporary right while there she stayed up all night long to give herself the wide-eyed look of a disturbed woman she began making accusations that the other boarders were insane claiming there are so many crazy people about and one can never tell what they will do she refused to sleep and eventually scared so many of the other boarders that the police were called to take her to the nearby courthouse. Once examined by a police officer, a judge, and a doctor, Bly was taken to Blackwell's Island. <laughs> she basically just checked herself into a home and was like, these people are crazy! They're all crazy! Yeah. I'm not crazy! You're crazy! <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm gonna check myself into this home, but you're fucking... 
And then they sent her exactly acting. where she wanted to go. And now she's a famous acting coach. Wow. Nellie Boy. <laughs> that just proves, so I don't know if that makes her a good actress or men are just stupid. I think they're just stupid. Second one. I think men are just stupid. Well, I think a woman acting insane is, at the time, it was they like, were like, yes, this is what happens to yeah. women. You're obviously hysterical. She's hysterical. She needs a, a Gainville's Gan- hammer. She needs Gain- Gain- Gran- Grand- Granville's? Granville's hammer. Granville's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it was my story. I don't fucking remember. Whatever that fucking hammer was Huh? See Hemi. Chris Hemsworth, Thor, Hammers. See Hemi. Mm-hmm. I've literally never heard anyone, including you, refer to him as See Hemi. He referred to himself as See Hemi on an Shut episode of Saturday Night Live. Up. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he just educated me. I did. Thank this you. This episode is brought to you by Chris Hemsworth. I wish. Mm. I just want him to hug me. I know. Like, I just want him to be sit in that hug. hug. Yeah, right? He would give you a genuine hug. Oh, and he's so big. He would really he's make you feel so like big. he cared. <laughs> he's just so big. And hug would be so genuine. He's so genuine. He'd really want to hug you. You wouldn't feel like you were inconveniencing him at all. How much do you think... Oh my god, they could raise so much... I would pay a dollar to... They would raise so much money if they were like... How much would you donate to charity if Chris Hemsworth gives you a hug? Okay, so she got to Blackwell's Island, which is where she wants to be for this undercover mission. Once committed to the asylum, Bly experienced the deplorable conditions firsthand. After 10 days, the asylum released Bly at the world's behest. So literally, like, the newspaper that she worked for had to go in and be like, she's not actually crazy. Like, give her back to yeah, us. Yeah, please give her back to us. <laughs> like, um, her report later published in the book form as 10 Days in a Madhouse. I love her dedication to um, these book titles. Six yeah. Months in Mexico, 10, ten days. days in a Madhouse. Very creative. It really makes you look at it and say, yeah, I would like to know what 10 Days in a Madhouse is like. I would actually, I'd probably, mm, 1887. I don't know if I could read it. It's too old. Like, it, like how the writing style, I don't know, when's like yeah. Charles Dickens shit? I don't know. I feel like it would be hard to read. It would be interesting. You know but what also I hard. just realized? What? This like isn't fiction. Like if we wanted to read her articles, we could just read her articles. That's what I'm saying is yeah. I would read that book. I know, but until you said that, I didn't realize <laughs> that that was an option. Even though this is literally where that's an option to to do that. Yeah, you can. You can. I, I'm gonna have through it. I'm gonna buy you Ten Days in a Madhouse as a coffee table book for your new apartment. Okay, yeah. That's all I do. Okay, so Ten Days in a Madhouse caused a sensation, prompting the asylum to implement reforms immediately and brought her lasting fame. So she just like does all this badass shit and like calls for reforms and shit and then like also casually decided in 1888 that she wants to take a trip around the world. Why not? So that's where we're going to go next. Cool, around the world. Attempting to bring life to the fictional around the world in 80 days for the first time, Nellie decided to take a trip around the world <laughs> in 1888. A year later on November 14th, within two days notice, she was boarded on the Augusta Victoria and began her 40,070 kilometer journey. 40,070. I hate when there's not a hundred. I don't like saying numbers like that. 40,070. That doesn't sound nice. Whatever. 40, All right. 000. That's how I feel about that number. Yeah, we're not. Don't fucking. This isn't the math. Also, time I don't know podcast. what kilometers are, so you fucking yeah, figure it out. This isn't the We Teach You Math podcast. Right. This isn't. We're not your tutors. We're not your parents. We're not fucking focusing on the numbers. Focusing on half-ass information. Oh, she took with her the dress that she was wearing, a sturdy overcoat, several changes of underwear, and a small travel bag carrying her toiletry essentials. That's it. 
I wish that we were that simple, but we're not. I don't. I mm-hmm. literally, I, there's no way I could be. I literally come here for the weekend and bring two suitcases. Plus, I mean, a girl needs options. <laughs> and make, one of my suitcases is just makeup. <laughs> you never know what you're going to want your face to look like. Right? I like options. The other day, so I packed up half my shit when my parents decided to put the house on the market. So, like, a lot of my stuff that I wasn't using every day is now in storage yeah. or at my sister's house. And I kept telling my mom, I was like, what if I need something? Like, what if I need one of these things? And she was like, you're probably not going to need, like, your photo props or, like, whatever. And then the other day when I did my makeup, I literally stood up and went, oh, I'll put on one of my wigs. And then I went, I packed my wigs. Don't have any of my wigs. (laughs) Now I'm mad. (laughs) And in in a pause, an exciting news, Hannah is moving to Minneapolis finally on April 1st. April 1st, we officially signed the lease. So, again, the royal wheat. The Just royal me. me. I did it. I'm fucking, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Two more weeks and you'll be here all of the time. Holy shit. I get really excited and then I get like really scared and yeah. then my, like, they're, they're both happening at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, like, I'm so excited. I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's like life is, is, is sometimes exciting and scary and they can be all for the same reason and that's growing up kids. So there's your dose of reality. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks that's for coming. Done. <laughs> Dose of Reality Podcast. It's where I come and shoot it to you straight. My straight shooter. Oh, okay. We're still going around the world. I keep forgetting this. Sorry, I was distracted by how little she took. She carried most of her money, which was 200 pounds in English banknotes and gold, as well as some American currency, in a bag tied around her neck. Well. So this is my plan next time I travel. I'm literally only going to bring multiple pairs of underwear. Yes. The outfit I'm wearing. Yes. And my money tied around my neck. <laughs> what are your thoughts and feelings? And How was she traveling? Is there airplanes? I don't know if there's airplanes. I don't know when airplanes were invented. You, the daughter of a pilot, should probably know that. Kenneth Burning! His name is not Kenneth. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> is it, is, Kent has to be short for something. No, it doesn't. It's just Kent. Do you um, think your dad has to have a, have a knowledge of the history of airplanes? No. Okay. I think it would be a fun fact that he might know. Okay. Like the Orville, some one of us should do those Orville brothers. Yeah. Orville? Or is that popcorn? Orwell? That's George Orwell. That's a The author. Wright brothers. The Wright brothers. <laughs> You're thinking of Orville Redenbacher. Wait, is it one of their names? Orville? I was thinking of Orville You were thinking of Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> okay. Uh, who doesn't think of Orville Redenbacher? What are we doing? Taking a trip around the world. And then... She... Oh my god, we still haven't gotten past no, that. Nope. Nope. We're still Orville doing Redenbacher. That. The New York newspaper Cosmopolitan sponsored its own reporter, Elizabeth Bisland, to beat the time of both Phileas Fogg and Bly. So Phileas Fogg had... Phileas Fogg had done it before. Going around the world? Yeah. In 80 days? I don't know if it was 80, but Bly was like, I'm going to be a woman and do it. She's the Amelia Earhart of going around the world in 80 days. <laughs> Or less than. On boat. Is Amelia Earhart alive yet? You, I don't remember. You you did her. You I know, but go. I can't remember when she was born. The amount of people that we have talked about and the amount of times I've been like, born in this time, born in this time, yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah. We've done so many episodes. It's been happening for a year. Um. Also, Amelia Earhart worked for Cosmo. And then <gasps> she she's another did. Cosmo reference. But this time we don't like Cosmo because they were basically, they basically put their own reporter in, Bisland, mm-hmm. who they were like, we're going to have her beat Bly. Like, she's going to go faster than you, motherfucker. And Bly was like, you fuck off. So Bislin would travel the opposite way around the world, starting the same day as Bly. And then, let me turn my page. Did Bly know this? Why didn't she just leave the day before? However, Bly didn't learn of Bislin's journey. Literally the next one. Didn't learn of Bislin's journey until reaching Hong Kong. 
She dismissed the cheat competition. And this is a quote. I would not race, she said. If someone else wants to do the trip in less time, that's their concern. She was like, fuck She you. is unbothered. She invented being care. unbothered. The queen of unbotheredness. Unbotheredability. How did they know she was doing it? Cosmo? Yeah. Um, because she was doing it for the newspaper. The New York the um, Pulitzer's newspaper. I kind of... Did I either missed that part or I just assumed she was just doing it because she wanted to because she just seems like that kind of gal? I might not have clarified that she was doing it as an assignment. Oh, okay. Thing. Sweet. It's entirely possible. So she's unbothered. And then to sustain interest in the story, The World, which is the newspaper, mm-hmm. organized a Nellie Bly guessing match in which Ooh. readers were asked to estimate Bly's arrival time to the second with the grand prize consisting of a free trip to Europe and then later on spending money added to the trip. So, if you can guess to the second, or I'm assuming you're closest to the second that she returned, no. you got a free trip to Europe. During her travels around the world, Bly went through England, France, Bredizzi of the Suez Canal, Bredizzi, I don't know how to say that one, I'm sorry, Colombo, the Straits Settlements of Penyang, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Japan. The development of efficient submarine cable networks and the electric telegraph allowed Bly to send short progress reports, although the longer dispatches had to travel by regular post and thus were often delayed by several weeks. Bly traveled using steamships and the existing railroad systems, which caused occasional setbacks, particularly on the Asian leg of her race. During these stops, she visited a leper colony in China, and in Singapore, she bought a monkey. Okay. Yeah. No follow-up question. I love this woman. She just does whatever. Whatever the fuck she wants. I'm gonna buy a monkey. Whatever. She's like, oh, you think this is a race? It's not a race. You're the only one racing. I don't really care. It's your problem. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a monkey. Bye. Wait. Do do you have a monkey? Do you have a monkey? Did you visit a leper colony? No. Fuck you. I'm doing what I want to do. So okay. Cool. Have fun on your one-person competition. Because I'm not competing with you. Because I don't care. I don't care enough. I'm not gonna compete with anybody but myself and my monkey. And my monkey. Um, as a result of rough weather on her Pacific crossing, she arrived in San Francisco on the White Star Line on January 21st, two days behind schedule. However, after world owner Pulitzer chartered a private train to bring her home, she arrived back in New Jersey on January 25th, 1890 at 3.51 p.m. Just over 72 days after her departure from Hoboken, Bly was back in New York. She had circumnavigated the globe, Traveling alone for most of her journey, obviously other than her monkey, Mm -hmm. Uh, Bisland at the time was still crossing the Atlantic, only to arrive in New York four and a half days later. She had, yep, she had also missed a connection and had to board a slow old ship in in the place of the fast ship. So Cosmo didn't hook her up with a private train back to, and she also didn't get a monkey. I mean. It was not reported on if she did. Did she bring the monkey back with her? Don't know. No. There was literally never anything else about the monkey. Okay. Kind of worried about its well-being. I am I, as well. Kind of like when Justin Bieber did that. It's like, yep. dude, you can't just... Monkeys are not pets. Please don't keep wild animals as pets. Please. Makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. Or so, parrots, because they're assholes. Spay and neuter your parrots. Pets. <laughs> Kill your parents. Hey. I hate birds. <laughs> uh, I hate birds too. I hate birds. But I have a question. What's your question? Is it about birds? <laughs> yeah. How do they have I'm sex? A... <laughs> how do birds have sex? I fucking hate birds. I'm terrified of them. Do birds have tiny dick? Does everything have a tiny dick? Or do they? Does Shelby have a vagina? I mean, I'm... I think I don't know. I've Shelby. Never <laughs> I don't think I've ever. I know she has a butthole. I know she has a bottle. 
I'm confident in saying it. She shows it to me. I know. I never, never searched for. Vagina. Well, because like when you when you neuter a cat, like Jax, you just cut off its ball. Yeah. Where's the peen? I'm so confused. I don't think they have penises. Can we call them vets? If you're a vet. Email us at tellusmorepodcast at gmail.com and uh, tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> tell us just, just do turtles have penises? I feel like everything, I mean, how, I, everything has to have a penis except for the, the, the other one. Because how do, how do really, how do like snails mate? How oh do my get god! Snails? Anyway, Justin Bieber was wrong for taking a monkey. Oh yeah, monkeys have dicks, right? Yeah, because I think they jack it. What? If you, go, if you like go to the yeah, because if you go to the zoo, sometimes you could catch a monkey fucking itself and each other. That's amazing. On that note, Bly's journey was a world record, although it was bettered a few months later by George Francis Train, but he's a man who cares. Whose first circumnavigation in 1870 was the inspiration for Verne's novel Around the World in 80 Days. Train completed the journey in 67 days. And then on his third trip in 60 days. So he just keeps one-upping himself. Good for him. Be yeah. in competition with yourself and only yourself. Exactly. Yeah! Take a, take a page out of Nellie Bly's book. Exactly. He was Be like, unbothered. you know what? I'm going to just best myself. It's nothing to do with anyone else. By 1913, Andre Jaeger Schmidt, Henry Frederick, and John Henry Mears had improved the record, the latter completing the journey in fewer than 36 days. That's like a little bit more than a month. Imagine going all the way around the world like, do you even get to enjoy any of it? They probably don't stop anywhere. They probably just get on from train to train to train to train. That sounds fucking just, horrible. Yeah, that sounds boring. Like, enjoy yourself. You're already there. Bly also covered the women's suffrage parade in 1913 under the headline, Suffragists are men's superiors. Her, her parade story predicted that it would be 1920 before women in the United States were given the right to vote. She wasn't wrong. Passed by Congress <laughs> June 4th, 1999, and then ratified on August 18th. You said 1999. I did. I meant 1919. Yeah. And then it was ratified on August 18th, 1920, so she was, like, dead on. Uh, in 1895, Bly married millionaire manufacturer Robert Seaman. Bly was 30. Uh. Yep. Bly was 31. Do you want to know how old Seaman was? 18. 73. Oh. <laughs> Opposite direction. Oh, hey. Um, I was thinking she was a girl that was part of the ahead of her time, so. Well, she is. She was a, she was a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. Or they were in love. Who knows? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Due to her husband's failing health, she left journalism and succeeded. She took over as the head of the Ironclad Manufacturing Company. Yes, um, you did, Queen. Which made steel containers such as milk cans and boilers. And then in 1904, her husband died. Um, there's a couple, like, milk can patents and, like, designs of certain barrels that in the article I was reading, it said that she actually helped invent. But hey. they patented it under a male's name. Of course they right. did. So there's, like, no proof that she actually invented them because but, it, yeah it makes sense because men are terrible yep um bly died of pneumonia at saint mark's hospital in new york city in 1922 at the age of 57 she is currently at the woodlawn cemetery in the bronx in new york city Fuck yeah the character of lois lane is based <gasps> on bly i like that yeah in 1998 bly was inducted into the national women's hall of fame she was one of four journalists honored with a U.S. postage stamp in the Women in Jur- Journalism set in 2002. This doesn't mean anything to you, but she served as an inspiration for the character Catherine Plummer in the musical adaptation of Disney's The Newsies. I know that that's important to you, so I am excited. I know. A fictionalized version of Black as a mouse named Nellie Bree 
was the central character in an American tale, The Mystery of the Night Monster. Do you remember the American Tale movies? I do. Yeah, I don't know specifically The Mystery of the Night Monster, but I do remember the American Tale, so I thought that was cute. That's cute. Nellie uh, Bree is cheese. I know, right? <laughs> Nellie Bree. That's really good. The character of Lana Winters, who was played by Sarah Paulson, in American Horror Story, Asylum is inspired by Bly's experience in the asylum. Is that what you were going to say earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. The whole time I was reading this about her, I was sitting there and I was like, this is just like American Horror Story. And then at the end, it was like the character of Evelyn Witt. I was like, oh. Oh, that's why. That's why. <laughs> May 5th, 2015, the Google search engine produced an interactive Google Doodle for Bly. For the Google Doodle, Karen O. wrote, composed, and recorded an original song about Bly and Katie Wu created an animation set to Karen O.'s music. So basically, the Google Doodle on that day was like a song all about Bly and then Aww. like an animation <laughs> to uh, go with it. Uh, so she's yeah. been in lots of like random pop culture things. She's important. That's interesting. And that's fucking Nellie Bly. She's cool as shit. Yeah, she is fucking cool. I only knew the asylum thing, so I, that's interesting to hear on the other stuff. Yeah, well when I first started reading about her, that was, I thought that's the only thing they were going to talk about and then they ended up, she was also like, oh, and also I'm going to travel around the world and oh, and I'm also going to write this article about women's suffrage. Just casually. Just casual suffering. Again, she just does whatever the fuck she wants. Yes, she does. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about somebody who it was surprisingly difficult to get information on. That sucks. Apparently it was, it was a very private person that I did not expect to be private. Hmm. <clears throat> Scott Thompson was born February 25th, 1965 in Florida. Growing up, he was a marching band nerd. And I'm not... <laughs> I'm not sure if he was on the swim team. According to Wikipedia, a local swim coach gave him the name. <laughs> I'm nervous. Carrot Top. <laughs> his real name is Scott Thompson? Yeah, it's not Carrot I Top. I literally <laughs> thought his name was Carrot Top. And re- like, on the birth I've certificate? I've never even questioned it. You never even questioned that there might be a name behind the man yeah. that is Carrot Top? Oh, Scott Thompson. <laughs> Scott Thompson. All right, cool. Sounds like you should be a realtor. And I got this information from a sketchy website, so I'm not sure if it's even true, but here we go. Those are our favorite kinds. Favorite kinds. Uh, his father was a former rocket scientist who worked on a significant <laughs> mission in NASA, including Gemini and Apollo. Um, apparently, they also owned a bakery. Did he like carrot cake? Uh, so he was very shy growing Scott. up. Scott. Fat. Fact check us, Scott. He's shy. He's shy. He was shy growing up. But then when he got to junior high, he discovered that being the class clown and telling jokes to his classmates allowed him to open up and be less introverted in a different way. Hell yeah. This is a quote. Younger in life, I was always kind of quiet and shy, and I think I kind of grew into myself as I got older. I became more of a class clown as I got to junior high, he explained. My way of fitting in was through jokes and making people laugh. I wasn't the jock. I know it's hard to tell. Or the good-looking stud. I was just a very skinny, red-headed, freckled guy. My way of making people like me was to make them laugh. So his first experience with stand-up came his freshman year of college. His career started on a bad note with stale jokes. Yeah. Can I be completely honest with you? Yeah. I kind of thought Carrot Top was a singer. Okay. <laughs> like, the fact that you're saying he... Like, yes, that is clicking in my head now, but definitely at the beginning of this conversation, I was like, yeah, the singer Carrot Top. <laughs> but I think I was thinking of Meatloaf, so, I mean, not the worst. food-related... <laughs> I just, a lot of food-related names. To me, that seems that seems like a valid, it's a reasonable um, connection in your mind. Seems what like. Are, I mean, we don't know. Maybe Carrot Top does. Sing. I've never seen any of his stand-up. Tell me everything. Oh. I am a born anew. I don't know brand what's new, going on. Brand new Carrot Top fan. Um, 
But yeah, so his career started on a bad note with stale jokes. The act was not appreciated by fellow students, and no one laughed. <laughs> Sad. But he did not lose hope, and instead, Will prepared himself in his second outing. Okay. And then, um, so I copy and pasted this next sentence from the trustworthy website, thefamouspeople.com. Yes. Because they're... Fact-checked. Because <laughs> there's no way to make it better, uh, which is what I wrote. So anyway... The following semester, he was back on stage with self-written material based on college life. Interestingly, his written work tickled the funny bone of each of the audience member, making his stand-up act a massive hit. Was he doing it, like, in, like, like for college students? Yeah. Okay, got it. So it's like a, uh, like a community college. theater or whatever, but in the college. Yeah. Got it. I think so. Some, like, stand-up night in a bulletin board. <sighs> got and, it. You know, how the 90s or 80s or whatever this is. I should know, but I don't. 90s. No. Whatever. I would guess 90s. But if he's in college, maybe 80s. I don't know how old he If he is. was born... How old was he? He was born in 65, so it was the 80s that he was in college. Because 65, 85 is 20, you start college at 18, you know, math, which we've already told you we weren't good at. Stop. I was going to say, you could literally just say, be saying numbers right now, and I would just agree with you. Yeah, 100%. So. He graduated college and became a bank courier, but still performed at local clubs until 1990 when he quit to do comedy full-time. Good for him. So he started using props as a way to separate himself from other comics. He even considered his hair a prop, which is the giant orange afro that lives on top of his head. Yeah. Uh, he used props including heels with training wheels, airline peanut bags with photos of missing luggage, and paper cups and string telephones. What he just does fuck? a lot of random... My favorite prop, because I was obviously like watching some of his videos, yeah. he puts like everything in trunks. Okay. And Like a magician? Kinda. Okay. But then he'll pull his props out, and like yeah. that's just what his jokes are based off of. And he has a cookbook. He's like, ah, here's a cookbook for women who can't cook. And he opens it and goes, it's a telephone book with all the num- <laughs> numbers to restaurants. <laughs> and I was like, ha. I learned how to make delicious potatoes this morning. I didn't know how to make potatoes. I mean, I knew how to make shitty potatoes. Okay, well, what was your process? Well, I uh, skinned them. Okay. And then I was taught how to properly hold a knife. Okay. With like a, a big, knife and not a not a uh, peeler. No, I skinned them with okay. the peeler and then to cut them up, I used a knife. Oh, okay. And I was like, this feels like I'm just holding it like I don't know how to hold a knife. Yeah. And Brandon was like, no, that's how you do it. And it gives you more control over the knife. Huh? Over the blade. And looking like you have no control gives you more control. Kind of what Nellie Bly did. Wow. Well, circle back. I've challenged comics to write me a prop and they can't. All comedians can use plays on words or puns, but writing a visual joke is something else. A rubber chicken isn't enough. I have to write my own material and make my own props because no one sells what I do better than me. I'm happy not only that I have my own style, but that I've been an original form from the very start. And then I wrote, he just takes stuff out of trunks. <laughs> That's it! Thanks for listening. <laughs> Literally all of his jokes are like, he just goes from trunk to trunk to take stuff out and make a joke. Like, it's... Does he, like... Do the joke on the spot, or it's pre-written? Oh, it's pre-written. Okay, that's what I thought. The rising popularity and reputation earned him a guest spot on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno in 1992. The show not only exposed him to a wider audience, but also made his comedic talent gain a broader fan base. In the 90s, Carrot Top became the highest-grossing touring comedian in America. Holy shit. He's been on a lot of shows, like, um, I don't fucking know, I'm not gonna read all these, like, Larry the Cable Guy's Christmas Spectacular. Ew. Uh, Chris Angel Mind hate Free. Larry the Cable Guy, but I love Chris Angel Mind Free. <laughs> weird, weird. Let's see, Scrubs. It's weird that I love him. Yeah, I was saying, I didn't, think, I didn't he see was, that coming. He's like, 
bad, he's but like, like does magic. Okay, he's, he's like a bad boy. Magic. <laughs> yeah, he's the bad boy. I'm magic. attracted to him in the same way I'm attracted to David Blaine. Like David Blaine scares the shit out of me. You just have a thing for magicians. I do. I Someone fucking cool. do magic for me. Oh my god. I think magic. We should go to a magic show. I yes. Oh my god. Let's go to a magic show. Where is one? Well, just Google. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to find the magic. <laughs> find the magic in a young girl's heart. <gasps> With the music and free. Fuck! I couldn't remember the rest of the words. It was literally like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, here's on shit. Young girl's heart. Ninety-five to ninety-nine, he served as the continuity announcer for Cartoon Network. Yep. Oh, um, <laughs> end of sentence. That was the end of the sentence. He also produced and starred in an early morning show called Carrot Tops AM Mayhem for two years. Oh, I know of that. Do you actually? I. I yeah. It rings a, a bell. Were you a fan? Again, I thought Carrot Top was a singer, so clearly not. Really? I'm assuming that was the radio, so maybe you thought he was a singer because he was on the radio. Maybe. And then I wrote, he was in a lot of things, but I'm not going to list them all because that's boring. I think the most important role was in Dennis the Menace Strikes Back in 1996. Don't know why I deemed that the most important, but it is. Again, late nights. <clears throat> late night writing. Right. Gets you some weird shit. I like it. Uh, his big break came with the... <laughs> With big commercial for AT and T's one eight hundred call AT ATT service. <laughs> His big break came with this service. <laughs> well, like okay, so obviously he was like a popular comedian, but then he hit like real mainstream because he was in those AT and T commercials. He was like the AT and T commercial guy. I don't recall. I kind of remember that. I again, it fits in my head. Yes. What year was this? Ninety six. So I'm three. Maybe it was a little after. Dennis the Menace was 96. This came after Dennis the Menace. Um, okay. So I'm sure it's burning in my brain somewhere. I just don't remember. It's somewhere floating in there. I remember seeing it on TV. I'm sure he was it for a while. I'll make sure to YouTube it later so I can get caught up yeah. on his um, performance. Yeah. The Geico, the Gecko has been the Geico mascot for many years. So I'm sure Carrot Top was the AT&T guy for many years. And then he probably got replaced by the Can You Hear Me? Or Can You Hear Me Now guy? Well, or was Verizon. that Verizon? But now, now he's, he's switched up and is on some How much money shit. do you think they gave him? Like, I don't know how that works with, like, copyright shit. I wonder if his contract ended or something. And I he, bet like, you, like, something like it. Yeah, something had to have been. There had to have been something because that's, like, illegal. I love it. Like, Maybe it's too. funny as fuck. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the dramas of commercials. <laughs> the com- commercial community drama. And then in 2002, he made the podcast about dating called The Rules of Attraction. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that podcasts were a thing back then. Podcast brother. Wait, what? I kind of just assumed that podcasts were a new thing. What year? 2002. Like, hasn't Howard Stern... I think it's just like a radio show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I feel like he's technically has a podcast, but it's... probably just defined it in a different way and put it in a box. And that's how people can understand things. That's how Sue sees it. Yeah. You can understand things when you put them in a box? Is that what you just said? Categorizing. Uh, in 2006, he was on an episode of Reno 911. In it, he played an angry version of himself who jumbles his hotel room, steals the police car, and later resists arrest. I've seen that episode. I've seen maybe three episodes of Reno 911. I've definitely seen that episode. And you still thought he was a singer. Again. We discussed this. <laughs> Furthermore and otherwise. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Furthermore and otherwise, yes. Yes. Uh, so, and this is another sentence I copy and pasted. 2010 was a busy year for him as he was part of the reality show Don't Forget the Lyrics, 
Additionally, he was Ew. one of the members of both Comedy Central roast of Flavor Flav and Gene Simmons roast. He appeared. I'm sorry, by... you did not properly say his name. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. <laughs> a fucking course. Uh, Gene Simmons. It was another man. I don't have a fun way to say his name. Uh, he appeared for a single episode of the second season of Mind Freak in <gasps> the reality show The Bad Girls Club. Not sure where he fit in The Bad Girls Club, but he was there. He's a bad girl. He's a bad girl. He's a bad, bad girl. A bad girl. Did you see? I used to watch Bad Girls Club. Uh, I think that's where my anger issues came from. I did not watch that, but I like dabbled in it. Not like purposely. If it was on, I would watch, but I never knew what was going on. I kept up with it. Oh. Nobody paid attention to what I was watching. The summers. <laughs> they had to be entertained um, somehow. I had a comment, but I can't remember. <laughs> Fucking about Bad Girl Club, I think. Or Kirito. Oh, have you seen uh, Despicable Me Too? Yeah, I think so. On the fucking... The bad guys, the, like, Bartleby Brat or whatever his name is, and he keeps, the whole movie, he goes, I've been a bad boy, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Like, I can't watch that movie. My mom had it on for the kids when they were over at the house, and he kept, anytime he does something, it's, I've been a bad boy, and it's like a grown man. (laughs) Is that the one where he grew Goyles gets married. Goyles. <laughs> he gets married, right? And that's where the song Happy. I think they get mm-hmm. married? I don't know. I mean, Goyles. like, that girl is there. Yes, okay. That so Goyle. That Goyle. 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 I love that meme. Uh-huh. <laughs> Break up with your Goyle friend. <laughs> I'm Break bored. Break up with your Goyle friend. <laughs> Goyles. I don't think we're saying it at the right. Goyles. Goyles. I can't. Our Goyles. I'm sorry, I'm not Steve Crow. Thank Steve you for apologizing. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I also love Steve Crow. I'm not gonna. I feel Steve Crow. Oh my god, salt and pepper. Totally fucks you. Literally after uh, at the end of Crazy Stupid Love, you're sitting there and you're like, "What the fuckity fuck? Since when are you hot? Why am I all of a sudden attracted to Steve Crow? Imagine like, I mean, it's not like he was bad looking before, but like you marry this guy, he's good, whatever. He's Steve Crow. He's very nice. We love him. He's funny as fuck. And then later in life, he just gets fucking hotter, and yeah. you're like, oh. Uh, yeah. Good on me. <laughs> he, he was like goofy when his when he was like younger, but now that he has the salt and pepper hair, yeah. he's just more yeah. distinguished. Yeah. Yes. Goyles. Goyles. Um, Goyle. <laughs> just Goyles. Uh-huh. Okay. So in 2011, he played himself on an episode of CSI. Okay. I wonder if somebody got murdered in a casino or something. Um, yeah, because that's the only place Carrot Top hangs out. It's just a casino. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay. It'll make sense once I finish the story. Got um, it. At some point, he started bodybuilding. Don't know why. And, uh, Ew. But he's awkwardly kind of jacked now. Yeah, I do know that. And some people accuse him of using steroids. Also, he's a comedian, so like, why does it matter? Just yeah. use your steroids. Use your You're not playing any too. professional sports. They're not making your jokes any better or worse. Also, you look scary. Yeah. Or... Than he did before. Yeah. Um, and then he, there was like rumors of plastic surgery. Okay. Uh, these days, Carrot Top is looking more and more like a muscle-bound cartoon character. Said, was that a quote? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said me. Said um, this uh, plastic surgery doctor, Dr. Yoon, but it's not like we are like, oh yeah, Dr. Yoon. Oh yeah, Dr. Yoon. He seems to have undergone quite a few changes over the years, Dr. Yoon says, yielding an excessively arched brow and a smooth face, possibly the result of laser treatments or chemical peels. At least it appears he's left his eyelids alone. Although, maybe they're next. Oh my god, Dr. fucking judgy face. But yeah, if you look at pictures of him, he had to have done something. I'm scared of him. I don't want him to find out he's like that. 
Because he's going to find us. You just don't know what people are going to So this is where the, the casino comes in. He signed a very lucrative and long-term deal to perform at the Luxor Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Mm. He currently performs 300 shows a year at the Luxor. And then he said, I've been performing in Vegas for many years, and now I truly enjoy calling it home. Solid quote. Um, <laughs> I just remembered how you say Vegas. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I've been living in Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. Luxor is the perfect place for me. Um, on the Strip is the most exciting city in the world. Vegas <laughs> has become I love a star-studded it. vacation destination for celebrities. Where else could I be in the center of the biggest resource in the world for new material? Well, that's true. And then nobody knows a lot about <laughs> I'm him. I'm glad we approve of this yeah. decision. <laughs> Uh, apparently he was married, oh, but like, like all we how know. Was it? How was it? Because like you can't, I could not find any. Like uh, one of my resources was thefamouspeople.com. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like Wikipedia didn't do anything for me. Wikipedia just wow. listed like what he was in. Probably because we haven't donated enough money to them for Probably. them to investigate further into Karen Tops. I mean, I don't think anybody has taken. Does he have like a drug problem? Um, I think. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any answers. that was associated with him in my brain, but we did not mention it. So now I'm thinking... Maybe it was the steroids thing. Maybe. Or the plastic surgery or Probably something. He, looks... he definitely looks cra- um, unhealthy. <sighs> yeah. I don't like looking at his face. I'm nope. sorry. I just said it. I don't like it. I'm like just going to... I don't like it. So you yeah. don't want to go see a, um, a comedy act of... Caratop? Not when we could see David Blaine. The bad boy of Matt. No, Chris Angel. Oh, uh, Chris bad Angel, bitch. <laughs> no, David Blaine was just the creepy streeter. Did you, did you used to watch his show? Like yeah. David Blaine's that was on TV and he would just walk up to people and be like, pick this car. And then you would pick it and he'd be like, it's a seven of diamonds. And then he would just like throw it down and like walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Whoa. It's so funny because it was always the people that were like just freaking fuck out and he just like slowly wa- he like turns away. <laughs> and just anybody's the kind of guy that wears a lot of rings. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Do you remember when he, didn't he like stick himself in an ice cube for a while? I think David Blaine is more badass than Chris Angel, but Chris Angel looks more badass than yeah. David Blaine. And it's all about appearances. Right. David Blaine, I wouldn't want to run into. I wouldn't want to run seems, into either one yeah, of them no, in an alley. Now that I was saying <laughs> that, yeah, no, they're, they're both the same kind of freaky. I feel like if I saw Chris Angel Mind Freak in an alley, I would be like, Chris Angel Mind Freak! And he'd be like, my name's just Chris. And, and I'd be like, like, you can just call me Chris. What's the guy's name from My Chemical Romance? Gerard Way? Butler, yes. Gerard no, Way? No, <laughs> Gerard Butler was not in My Chemical Romance. Did you know Idris Elba rap? Got shown that this morning. I was a little unnerved by it. It's it's not horrible. Chris Angel looks like the magician version of Gerard Way. I used to think he was so hot. Really? Yeah. Like, look at that just emo, like... Oh, prime fucking emo boy. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. When I, like, fucking had fake cheetah print shit in my hair. Oh, God, didn't we all? You guys did further than I did. You know what? Sometimes we have to... Push the boundaries. Explore. Oh, he might be at the Luxor, too. That's what it says. Oh, my God. I bet he and Caratop are best friends. Probably. And then what does David Blaine look like? This He person. literally looks like a nondescript white guy. He also always looks, like, stoned out of his mind. Like, yeah. his eyes are always, like, half-closed. Maybe he's not even doing magic. Maybe he's just stoned and we're perceiving the world through his eyes. Which is also kind of magic. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Dude, yeah. Meta. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> we weren't even alive when that show was out. But it's such a quote. Awesome. Such a quote. It's such a good quote. It's, I was going to say it's such a quote again. 
And then I made it such a good quote. It's such a quote. It's such a good quote. I love, that's Joe, is that Matthew Lawrence or Joe? No, that's Joey Lawrence. Lawrence. I love a good 90s heartthrob. Give me that, give me that flannel tied around the waist while you're wearing a ribbed gray tank top and that hair. I loved yeah, the Lawrence brothers were hot as shit. Yeah, all of them. So what did Sarah make me watch the other day? What What was the movie with literally all of the Lawrence brothers in it? It was like a with a horse. The fuck? Um, it's a Disney Channel original movie. It was like a horse oh, thing. We had to say a horse's wish. <laughs> I just made were something all the up. Matt, Wait, is um, the youngest one not cute? Because I feel like after I said they were all cute, he's not cute. Um, no, I think that he. Is, well, obviously Joey's the cutest. Yeah, but Matthew Lawrence was um Sean's brother on Boy Meets World. Yes, also and hot. He is hot. Andrew Lawrence. Andrew Lawrence looks like a healthier version of Remy Malik. You don't think Remy Malik is healthy? Like, oh my God, he does. And now that you see the picture, he's just filled oh, out more. Yeah. Poor Shelby. Sense was the movie that he was in with. They played cousins in that movie, though. But that was hard. <laughs> they played cousins. They played cousins. And they were cousins. And he was her roommate. And they were roommates. And they were roommates. Uh, whoa, whoa. Matthew was unfortunately not in that movie, it looks like. Oh, Matthew it was Lawrence just him and Joey? Left out. Wow. Was Matthew Lawrence busy doing Boy Meets World? Oh, he might have been. It was 1999. Mm, but it would have to determine if they were already in college or not. Matthew Lawrence was in the later years of Boy Meets World. Sometimes my favorite thing is that... Boy Meets World, 93 to 2000, so 1999, he would have wow. been doing Boy Meets World. That's why he couldn't do A Horse's Wish. <laughs> horses, not A Horse's Wish. I'm just saying, how much different is that? Horses... Basically I what I said. The horses didn't wish for the Lawrence brothers who played cousins in this movie to build a new friendship and teach Joey Lawrence to not be so selfish. It was the dumbest movie. but A horse movie? Horse sense. Sarah made me watch it. Favorite Disney Channel movie. Go. Okay. Go. Um, go. My God. Okay. Go. Um, go. Fuck. Okay. Go. Maybe. Go. Okay, so I like Phantom of the Megaplex. Ooh. Um, I also... An, I feel like an underrated an one. An underrated one. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Mm, I, uh, not my favorite. Was that a Disney Channel original movie? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, oh, oh, Suzy Q. Fuck! Yeah. Yes, that one was so good. That one was really good. Suzy Q and Phantom of the Megaplex are the underrated one. Like, everybody loves, like, Double Team. Yeah. And it's like, motocross. Mm, I Brink. like Brink. Every, Brink is, was voted the number one. It's because it's a fucking cinematic masterpiece. And because... And what's his face is hot as shit. Air is his name. Air is his name. I don't know, Aaron? but he's the douche in Princess Diaries too. Yes, dude. He like what happened to him? Because he was in everything. I bet he's. I bet he's not hot anymore. Eric von Detten. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he looks, was in everything. He's not as hot, but still. Yeah. No, he's not. As, oh damn, he was hot. He was so hot. He was so hot. And then he's just like not. Now he looks like an accountant. That I was gonna say, he looks like a real estate agent. Yeah, he looks like a real estate agent. He looks like your friend's dad that you know was super hot in high school and he's still yeah. hot because he still has that hot guy from high school personality. Right. He's like a douchey, but like he's nice to you because you're like yeah. his kid's best friend. Right. But he's like, also gonna try to sleep with you the second you turn 18. Ew. Skeevy. Fucking Eric Von Detten. <laughs> Eric Von Detten. Um, no, Brink was my favorite. I forgot about Suzy Q. I used to fucking love that love one. Suzy Q. I wonder if we could watch those. I you can watch some of them. You can watch Brink on Amazon Prime because I've rented that one. That's where we rented Horse Sense. This was all recent. 
Um, Don't Look Under the Bed is on there, but you can't rent it randomly. And I love Don't Look Under the Bed. It's about the boogeyman. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that one was actually scary. Was that scary? Maybe. I mean, I got scared really easily when I was younger. Um. Also, fucking Under Wraps, that mummy movie, is so funny. I watched it, like, in October. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. They find, like, a mummy hidden in this old guy's house that died. Oh. And so, but one of the funny parts, fucking Disney Channel movies used to be so fucking good, dude. One of the parts was, so the kid. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's always a like a bad kid, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like bad, but he was like more reckless. And then like the goody two shoes kid, mm-hmm. so the bad kid was like wanted to go into old Mr. So-and-so's house. Yeah. And the good kid was like, no, Jeremy so-and-so went in there and no one's ever seen him again. And then the bad kid is like, he moved to Canada. And then, like, <laughs> and then the kid goes, well, he never writes. <laughs> and that reminds me of Aaron so much. Literally the way you just did that, I was like, that was Aaron. That's well, he, he never says, writes. That's how, he, that's how it's said in the movie. Too. Well, he never writes. Oh, my just God. Just so convinced that this kid is dead. He or he just moved to Canada. Well, he never writes. Well, he never writes. Natural assumption so, is he died. Do you remember Encino Man with Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser? Yeah. And Brendan Fraser kind of makes me uncomfortable. <gasps> no. Have you saying. seen that one that's like he's... Yes. They go into the bunker in like the 50s and then they come out and he's like, that, I love that one. I do love that one, but for some reason I just, I don't know, Brandon Fraser gives me the heebie-jeebies a little. What about Brandon Fraser in Tarzan? Oh, classic B. Fraser. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. That does not make me uncomfortable. I love, mm. you love Brandon Fraser in that one. I loved Tarzan. It's a good one. I think that might have been the, like the beginning, like a little peek into my sexual awakening. Mine was David Bowie in tights, so weird. Yes. As a goblin that king. I'm a little fucked up. It's from Labyrinth. You know, I, an interesting version of David involved. Bowie to be attracted to. Or any version of David Bowie. But good, yeah, no one. I adore you. David Bowie. Well, that was sad. Anyway, sad hour. Anyways, tell us your favorite Disney Channel original movie and don't fucking choose Smart House because that gives me so much anxiety. Yeah, Smart House. Fucking, oh! Model behavior. <gasps> Justin Timberlake. Lucia owns that movie. Um, fun fact. Okay, quick fun fact before we wrap up. Long, long ago. When In a land far, far away. Yes. Early 2000s, late 90s. Mm, truly. Um, you know how Disney Channel used to play music videos? Yeah. There was this one music video that I always loved, and I loved the song, and I remembered the music video. I remembered the whole concept of the music video. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember the song, but I knew I would remember it if I heard it. So I would constantly search for like songs from the early 2000s and listen to like everything and be like, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. It's the one in model behavior. Yes, it is. Fuck yeah. Yep. Fuck yeah. And I didn't know, I never found that out until Lucia bought model behavior and we were laying in her bed as we did when we were younger. And did you feel so... Literally, I... The like, second that song came on, dude, I shot straight into the air and Lucia knew that at that moment she knew that that was the song. Oh my god, I bet you were so like, just I like relieved. So, I understand. I literally was so, it was No, that Bell soundtrack's Perez. amazing. It's yes. Bell Perez. Yes, I think I know exactly what one it is. I was going to ask, do you remember the one where it's like two sisters, I think Katherine Heigl's in it? Yeah, it's that's Wish Upon a Star. Did you like that one? Yes, I like I that one. Yeah. That one's a good one. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Cool. Wrap, wrapping it up. Wrap, wrapping it up. Follow us on Tell Us More Podcast on Instagram. You can rate, review, and subscribe. That'd be nice. If you have any questions, comments, or Disney Channel suggestions, email <laughs> us at tellusmorepodcast at gmail.com. Leave a review, rate us five stars, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We will see you next week.